0: On today's show, we're talking about navigating unexpected losses as each of you grieve in your own way.
1: And there's a quote from Earl Grohlman that talks to this. It says, grief is not a disorder, a disease, or a sign of weakness. It is an emotional, physical, and spiritual necessity, the price you pay for love. The only cure for grief is to grieve. And we're going to be really pulling that apart in today's show. But first, we start every one extraordinary marriage show with a hug. And hug's an opportunity for us to celebrate what you're doing in your marriage, to celebrate the Mm -hmm. breakthroughs that you've had. And this hug came from an email we received after the show, Sex Outside the Bedroom, which Mm -hmm. was episode number 635. And it starts, how funny to hear your show about sex outside the bedroom. Only last Friday, I decided to surprise my husband with a quote, lunch on me on the boardroom table at our workplace. We were the only ones in work. Lockdown can be great sometimes. Wow. I texted him to ask him to pop up as I had something to show him. I won't go into the details, but he (laughs) and I had an amazing time. Uh, And not only was it exciting for both of us, but he felt loved and cherished by me and Horny. Obviously. Clearly. Just to add, we have been married for 30 years. Yeah, way
0: to go. Hello. Come on.
1: 30 years doing a little light or lunchtime, you know, rendezvous. I was
0: going to say lunchtime delight.
1: Lunchtime delight. There you go. goes on to say three years ago it was touch and go if we would make that milestone. Oh, wow. But by working really hard together to make our marriage work, your podcast is one of those tools. We know we will be together forever and stuff like this makes it so amazing and that we can feel so in love probably more than when we got married. Mm. It just gets stronger and it's more incredible and lovely.
0: Oh, I love it. Come on.
1: 30 years. You are never too old to have lunch on your spouse in the middle of the day. Just make sure the, you know, doors are locked. That's all I'm going to say that. <laughs> that's all. That's yes. all I'm going to say. And I love, you know, that this wife just really got into that spirit of what can I do? Mm-hmm. Right? That that they're just it, they're making their sexual intimacy happen when and where they can. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the heart behind what can I do? Mm-hmm. Taking advantage of those those unexpected and unplanned moments and you know, as Tony said at the top of the show, we are talking about unexpected, right? We're talking about those unexpected losses and how each of you grieve. And I- I'll tell you this show, this type of show is not an easy one to prepare. Um, grief is a topic that rarely get, as a society, we're not comfortable talking about grief collectively. I'm yes. not, I'm not There are some people that are very comfortable talking about it, but collectively as a society, it's a topic that we tend to shy away from. Yeah, uh, We don't know what to say. We don't know how to act. We get all awkward and uncomfortable. And what that actually means is, as we're even thinking through, we were thinking through the show is that as married couples, we're probably not as equipped as we need to be to handle the fact that that loss is a part of life,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? That, that because we don't talk about it, because we're not you know, comfortable with it, that there are times in our lives when, when these unexpected losses happen and we go into this place of grief. And grief, most simply defined, is deep sorrow, especially that caused by someone's death. Mm-hmm. And that's often what we think about, you know, the grief after the loss of a loved one. But I do want to say from the outset of this show that well, maybe your marriage hasn't experienced the death of a loved one, you can grieve for other things that have been lost mm-hmm. in your life. For some of you, it may be the loss of a job or a friendship or you know, ch- uh, dreams that you had for your marriage. A- and, and that all g- puts you into this place of just being in deep sorrow. A- and part of the reason we're doing this show is because over the last uh, six, like 10 weeks, mm-hmm. 10 weeks now, we've had four unexpected losses, mm-hmm. uh, that have hit us very dramatically. And, you know, I, I will tell you, it doesn't matter if we're talking about the loss of a person or we're talking about the loss of, of relationships or, or jobs or things like that. Pain is real. Mm-hmm. Pain is real. And we know that a lot of you, because of the seasons that we've been in, because of what this last year has looked like, you've also dealt with the loss of loved ones. And the truth is, is that when someone dies, there's a shock to our system. You know, when someone who was there suddenly isn't and there's the impact of that loss and the pain and then navigating what comes next because husbands and wives, but more importantly, you and your spouse handle grief differently. Uh-huh. We all have our own filters. We all have our own experience. and yes, you have someone that you're doing life with, but that doesn't exempt you from the sorrow that you feel when someone has, has died. It doesn't exempt you from, you know, figuring out what comes next and how to do life. What being married does is it means that you don't have to necessarily figure it out on your own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a crazy 10 weeks. I I gotta say, Mm -hmm. um, for many of you know that, uh, my dad passed away three and a half years ago from cancer. And that was the first time I ever experienced a loss like that in my life. Um, yeah, I, I lost my grandma Blanche. Um, I lost Nanda Mary. But they were, they, they were my grandparents, and I loved them dearly. But I did, my grandparents weren't those grandparents that I saw every day or every week. I didn't live in the same town. I actually, I lived in the same town as Nanda Mary for a number of years when I was younger. But when my dad died, I was a mess. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I experienced grief and and what did you do? How do you get through that? And I realized, over the time, to- over time, grieving is different, as Elisa said. Well, come to now, ten weeks, ten weeks ago, my uncle, my dad's brother, passed away, mm-hmm. and then on January fourth this year, I got a call unexpectedly that my uncle Guy um, and my aunt Patty were passed away, and that hit me hard because that was my other dad's brother. Mm -hmm. And then just last week, we were here at home doing our our daily thing. And uh, we got a call from our youngest sharing that one of the teachers and coaches had passed. Mm -hmm. And all of those together. So really, three of them in the last 30 days. And then My other uncle, you know, you take that in 10 weeks. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. And just going through that and understanding, wow. And not just that, like Elisa even said, the grief of losing maybe some relationships. You know, this, this last year has been, it's been crazy, right? For many of us. And then you have the election cycle that comes in and Maybe we didn't lose somebody due to death, but maybe we've lost some friends. Maybe we lost even some family members because just don't see eye to eye anymore. Maybe we just it, and it's happened here too. So there have been other losses that have come around, even in our own marriage that we've had to to deal with and um, have experienced here in this in this last year and definitely in this last ten weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. And and you know it's so interesting because grief is this really weird concept, feeling, it's, it's tangible on some level, but on other levels, it almost feels like, like air, right? You can, you can sense it, you feel it inside of you, but like trying to hold on to it and to do something with it, it's hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what's so mind boggling about it, the, this powerful emotion, it simply doesn't impact two people in the exact same way.
0: And, and, and I just want to share, like, even for us, how, how, do, how do you experience grief?
1: So with the with your aunt and uncles dying, mm-hmm. there, there's a bit of a removal because they weren't my aunt and uncles, right? So I didn't grow up with them. How I, about I, dad? Dad was hard because we were there mm-hmm. when he passed. Um, when I grieve, I tend to get very quiet and I'm mm-hmm. very introspective. It's not. Yes. It's not a very um, overt. Lot, like I'm not very verbal. I will journal before I'll talk. Right. Uh, and even with the loss of this teacher recently, you know I, I find myself and actually in all the deaths more in a nurturing caring mode than when I got my world rocked when our son Andrew died mm-hmm. right because that was just at that point in time that grief just put me into preservation mode. But everyone since all of the losses that we've had since then, because it's really impacted, you know you've been really impacted, our son was really impacted with the loss of his coach. I have been more in a role of support than, than even internally processing for myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm on the other hand, I'll cry. And I've been crying. Mm-hmm. And because um, that's where I show my emotion, right? This is where, this is how I show that hurt and that pain. And I even remember, you know, just showing up to, to comfort my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, just balling, you know, not in front of her, but balling on the drive up there is it about, it's about an hour and a half, two hour drive to get to her. And so we, we experience it differently. Like music, like music for me allows me to grieve. There's something in the words that I get to hear that allows me to just cry and allow that process to begin. And sometimes a song will come up and I still remember a song that I listened to after dad died. And it's just, it. and when it plays now, it'll hit me. So do know in your own marriage and in your spouse, just because you may grieve one way,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: doesn't mean that's the way they're grieving. Mm
1: -hmm. And it doesn't make it any less important. Mm -mm. It's just different styles. Like I remember when our son Andrew died and I was like... uh, I won't say I was in the, well, probably the first couple of days I was in the fetal position practically. Mm -hmm. Um, You were. And Tony got really angry and anger is one of those, one of those responses to grief.
0: Right. And that's a different one because see that grief, that grief and that loss was seeing you in pain. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that didn't draw out so much the tears and the sorrow that drew out for some reason, this anger. Um. And, and heck, you guys may find yourself in different places. You may be numb. Mm-hmm. You may be restless. You may be angry, upset, sad. You know, you, you may be craving connection. I remember even for myself that, that through all this process, there is that connection, that, that physical touch with Elisa, that sexual intimacy with Elisa. You know, maybe you don't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. Like just being alone isn't where you need to be. You need to be around others to you know, be in your world so you can talk to them. And that list goes on and on depending on how you grieve Mm -hmm. and how you see this passing.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, as we're even processing this out loud for you, I mean, it's, it's handling the grief. It's going through that process and it's still taking care of all of the, the little pesky things that you have to do to maintain your life. Like you still have to, you know, take care of the house and you have to take care of the kids and yeah. you, you've got to, you know, handle the bills and you've got to get groceries. And there are all these little things that still happen because we're still alive, mm-hmm. because we're still living, because there are still things happening and they can feel really pesky and annoying because you're like, but I hurt, I hurt really badly. And for some of you getting through the day is this Herculean task. hmm when our son andrew died making like i know the only thing that kept me going through the day was the fact that during the day i had to take care of alex mm-hmm. he was 2 years old at the time i i, I had to get up and function uh, and i'll just say function not thrive at that point in time function because i had a 2 year old and tony was working like I had to do something for others of you that you can't do enough during the day because you're just, you know, you're like a little busy bee. You're just going from one thing to another because doing so keeps the grief at bay. Mm-hmm. The busier you are, the better, because then you don't have to deal with it. Like Tony said, for for him, the tears can be right at the surface in a heartbeat. And for me in in these, this last, you know, two months, three months, it hasn't been that way because I've been in a different place in a different role in our marriage for others. You know, and, and he may look at me and I'm glad he asked the question where it can seem that I'm emotionless, you know, that I'm not feeling this deeply. And I, I I hurt for, you know, I hurt for him and I hurt for Tony because, or for Alex, because I know that they're experiencing stuff, but for me, the tears in this season are not, right there at the surface. And I, I just, I want to keep reiterating that there is no right or wrong way to grieve. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the biggest struggles in marriage, because I will tell you that when our son Andrew died and Tony was not grieving in the exact same way that I was, it actually made me really angry. I thought he was heartless. I, there were all of these really negative thoughts that went through my head about why isn't he as wrecked as I am. And what I came to realize thankfully with the gift of of time and space and and just healing is that he had a different experience like you said he hurt because I was hurting it made him angry that I was in this place of pain. His grief looked different he does he didn't love our son any less right like I don't love people any less because i I don't show the emotion it's just different
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and getting to this place of understanding that that grief is, it's a journey, right? It's not a destination. It's, it's something to work through, not something to park in. Because a lot of times when that, when that loss is real and it's right there, it can feel like, you know what, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to be here forever. And getting into this mindset, even hearing the show, even if you've never experienced this, of going, going okay, wait, but what does it look like? To know, to be equipped to work through this, to know yep. how, to know how you work through it as a couple and how you turn to one another and understand that there are differences as a couple in spite of the pain, in spite of not having the words. And we're gonna talk about that after this break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So we're back and we're talking about navigating grief in your marriage. And, you know, thinking through where our lives have been, not just in the last 10 weeks, but really, you know, Andrew was 2000... 2004, 2005, uh, 2004 when he died and, you know, being in that place, uh, looking at the span of time since 2004 and going, okay, what did we, what have we learned about the grief process? And, and you can Google g- grief process, but, but we really want to come alongside the two of you and really talk about grieving within the marriage, Yeah, what that looks like, how the two of you can actually be equipped before.
0: Mm -hmm. And and do know, I mean, Andrew was 2004, so that's 17 years ago now. So we have have gone through different times of grieving. Mm -hmm. 17 years of it. No way, no how do you ever expect it. No way, no how do you know how you're going to respond to it. You can be there for one another though, Mm -hmm. just as the quotes start off. Emotionally, physically, spiritually. I mean, those those are three of the six pillars of intimacy right there. That you can be there for one another when grief does come. Mm-hmm. So do know you, you may grieve one way for one person and completely different for someone else. It, it It's just, it's going to be because of that relationship you have. Mm-hmm. And as you've heard from Elise and I, how we grieve differently, and and how we see it, it doesn't mean we're 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 not impacted by the loss. It's just how we are moving through this time of grief.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, I want to start by saying that it's so important to build the relationship before you need it to build to build the strength in your marriage before you need it. And you know, it's like. That quote that you know we're talking about the emotional intimacy and even the physical intimacy because here's here 's the truth about life loss, death all a part of it mm-hmm. we're all going to experience it in some way shape, or form over the course of our married lives it, it's going to happen I'm just it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and who right, and so putting Making the investment in your marriage to build your emotional intimacy, to, to develop the, the, the muscle to have hard conversations, to develop the muscle to reach out when your spouse might be putting up walls about something, when they're upset about something, when they're emotional about something and making that decision, you know what, we're going to figure out how to do this so that when the big stuff happens we've got that. And I'll tell you, this is where things have been so different because when our son Andrew died, we didn't know squat about this. You guys, Mm -hmm. we didn't have, we, we were not in a good place. It was like, I look back now and I'm like, Oh, it would have been so much different if we'd known about actually investing in our marriage.
0: I think we would have been better if somebody would have just said, Hey, you need to go see a grief counselor.
1: Yeah. Nobody said that to us
0: for goodness sakes. Like if you have the ability, In most mortuaries, just FYI, like if it's a close loved one and you're doing a lot of the maybe hands-on helping, the mortuary will have 24-7 grief counseling. Use it. Mm -hmm. I remember after dad died, getting the card and the guy there at the mortuary said, hey, if you guys need it anytime, just call. And it sat in my car because I needed to use it. Mm -hmm. so number one get grief counseling if you need it and I would say the majority of us don't know how to deal with grief we think we do we think we can we think we can make it through on our own and yet we can't Mm -hmm. and this is one of those times when you need to be intentional and you need to take action and go what can I do and probably the best thing you can do is just get on the phone even if it's just for a half an hour, an hour, and cry and let out everything that you need to let out to somebody who can just listen to you and help you walk through the grief.
1: And, and that goes back to the quote that we started the show with, right? It's grief is not a disorder, a design or a sign of weakness. It's actually the price that you pay for love. That's right. And so when you're in that space of hurting, right? And you and you've invested, you know, you've looked at the six pillars and you're like, "Okay, we're going to invest in our marriage. We're going to build these pillars." Mm-hmm. Ahead of time, grief still happens. And so recognizing it. And first of all, like acknowledge it. The loss of, of somebody that was important to you, that sucks.
0: Yes. Oh, it's hard.
1: That's just, that's miserable. And you don't have to deny it. You get into this place where you start acknowledging and, and you know, I was, I was talking to some coaching clients the other day and we were talking about acknowledging the obvious, you know, acknowledging Mm. when, when things are hard when things suck, when things are miserable. And it's not to it's not to get into a place of complaining, but to say, you know what, these circumstances are lousy. I didn't want this. I can't tell you how many times I screamed that in my closet after Andrew died. Like, I didn't want this pain. Mm-hmm. And, and as you st- work through the place of acknowledging, I, I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this. This, is, this isn't fair. And it's okay to say that. Then you start moving into a place of, Being in touch with yourself and saying, What do I need? Right? Mm -hmm. What do do I need? What do I need from my spouse Mm -hmm. right now? And for some of you, you're going to be able to verbalize that to your spouse, right? You're going to be able to say, you know, like Tony did, and and I've used this, you know, I've shared this with you guys a lot of times. When Tony's dad was dying the month before, and he looks at me one night as we're making the bed, and he's like, I'm going to need more sex this month. And I'm like, I remember thinking, random request. But again, it went to in that place of grieving, in that place of knowing that something was going to happen. He recognized that he needed more connection.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so he asked for it. for some of you, you're going to have to ask your spouse what they need. You're going to have to text them. Do you need me to ask you to go for a walk? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you need me to, to bring you a cup of tea? You're, you're going to have to put it out there because they may not actually be able to verbalize what it is that they need. Uh, to, like Tony said, get professional help. Most of you are not married to folks who are grief counselors, not saying all because the one family is huge. So I'm sure there are some of you married to grief counselors or you are a grief counselor yourself. But by and large, because we, this is a topic we don't talk about, because death or loss makes us really uncomfortable, having someone like Tony said, who's trained in this who's trained in how to listen, who's trained in how to help you process your emotions. I can't tell you how many coaching clients you guys I will actually send back to a grief counselor because they have literally become emotionally constipated because they experienced a loss of a loved one years and years ago but it's still impacting them.
0: Yeah, and that's something great to bring up as we talk about this in the in the moment right now. If you've lost somebody in the past and it's been years, and you are still grieving and you're, you're still struggling, please seek grief counseling. Mm-hmm. Go, it, it's okay. This is your year. What can I do? Right now, what you can do is to get in there and get healthy mm-hmm. and start walking through the process, even if it's been three, four years ago and you haven't let it go yet. You, you may have lost a spouse. And have remarried. Mm-hmm. We know many in the one family who have gone through that. You, you may have seen a, a family member commit suicide or whatever it may be. And you're just holding on to it. it it's time to let it go. Th- this is your year. What mm-hmm. can I do? You know what you can do? You can experience life to the fullest. Yes, grieving can take time. And yet sometimes we can't do this stuff on our own. We can't. We want to. Guys, we want to. I get it. I have been blessed beyond belief that I have other men in my life. That when the crap is going down, as it has, that I can reach out to them. And I can go, guys, I'm not doing good. This isn't the best week. It's been tough. I've lost some people I've really loved. And right now, I don't know what to say, do, how to act. Where to go, but I know I can come to you and I know I can ask for prayer. Mm -hmm. Get those people around you now. Mm -hmm. Seek them out. Because there are gonna be times in your life when you are gonna have to dial that phone, send that text message, and reach out for somebody who you know. But it doesn't happen in an instant. Mm -hmm. These relationships I have formed have happened over years. These are men that I know, that I sit down with I have lunch with I text them we get on the phone together so when things like this happen I have them around as well as my beautiful wife Elisa but there are just times that I just I just hey I just need to text somebody else for a quick five minute deal it, it's just I, I just need to talk to my buddies
1: well and I think you bring up a really you know in terms of strategies um and just what does that look like, right? what What's the language? What are the, what are the supports that you've put into your life? And, and I want to tell you all, it doesn't just impact the marriage. Um, Mm-mm. I actually want to share just a really significant text conversation, um, or text message that happened. So, you know, we've shared in the show that, that one of Alex's coaches and teachers, um, died and it was a very unexpected and shocking situation at the school. and you know, Alex had been spending time with friends in grief and and just mourning and and remembering the coach. And Friday night we'd gone to bed, mm-hmm. and Saturday morning woke up to a family text because mm-hmm. we have a group text thread and, and just him expressing his love and and gratefulness that you know we're his parents and you know it's that amazing feel good text that every mom and dad wants to get. And then I picked up my phone, and there was a text message that said in the middle of the night it said. Mom, I'm really struggling and sad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Can we have brunch tomorrow? And I will tell you, if your kids aren't 18 yet, that if they, when they become 18, if they ask you to do anything like that, you're like, I will wipe off my calendar. That's right. Right? If they're out of the house and they come back and they go, like, Mom, Dad, can, yeah, yes, the answer is yes. And I will tell you that being able to express his feelings, th- this is why we pour into you guys mm-hmm. because. Each and every one of you listening to this show, you have an impact on other people. And so as you develop these skills to be able to talk about your feelings, to be able to ask for what you need to be able to say, I'm hurting, you're actually passing that on to other people because they catch what you do.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm sharing the story about our son because when he asked that question and he was able to do it, we had three and a half hours together which if you have a high school senior, three and a half hours undivided attention is pretty much like winning the biggest lottery ever. But in that place, he processed. In that place, he grieved. In that place, there were tears and laughter and funny stories about the coach and and just all of that in one place.
0: Oh, coach.
1: But this, this is why. He's why. Like I saw it in that moment. Mm-hmm. This is why we're so passionate about marriages because marriages impact the next generation. Because as you start to you know, build the plan for your marriage, as you look at the six pillars and say, okay, you know what? When we're in a state of unexpected grief or, or grief that maybe was expected and it still just hurts the same, you're like, okay, how can we, how can we go back to what we know? How can we go to our toolbox mm-hmm. and stay connected and not get disconnected? Because it's not just about the two of you. Can I tell you that there is there are children in your life, there are coworkers, there are people in your community, there is a world watching how we do this thing called marriage and how we support one another and how we press into one another when things get really hard. And, and each and every week, you guys, we are so honored mm-hmm. to be able to share our lives with you and to be able to cry with you and to be able to say, yeah, this is real because literally for the last, you know, 10 weeks we've been in this state A- and being able to get behind the microphones and tell you not just what's going on, but to come alongside of you and go this is our plan. Right? Has it sucked? Yes. Totally. But everything that we've shared with you today, this is what we've been doing.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, Some episodes are joyous, some are sad. It's a seasons of life we'll walk in and we'll walk together. But do know, no matter what may happen, the sun's going to shine. It's going to come up tomorrow. And the best thing is, as you press into one another, as you press in together in these times when the season is good, when there's joy around when the sorrow comes and the grief comes, you'll be able to reach out your hand to your spouse and go, you know what? I'm glad we get to do this life together and I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. So take time this week, just love on your spouse, love on one another, take this time and, and celebrate the joy, celebrate the joys in your life and allow yourselves to grieve the losses, but know you have one another to do it with. And that you guys, That is something so special and so extraordinary. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.